food in the Northwest, guaranteed fresh. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a dynamic duo who share the joy of the Catholic faith through catechesis and conversation on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Tuesday morning to you, August 29th, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, I'd like to start out, if I may, if she's up. I don't know if my wife is up this morning, but I'd like to start out by apologizing to her <laughs> for, uh, you yeah, better. Yeah, for yelling at the TV last night. She had to tell me to pipe down several times. David. She said, quit yelling at the television. It doesn't <laughs> yell back, so I'm not sure that it's going to help. <laughs> well, I couldn't help myself. What were you doing? Uh, I, I was caught up in the U.S. Open of tennis. Of course you were. Championships, and I don't know how many folks watched the uh, Coco Goff match last night, but uh, the... You said it was quite the spectacle. It was quite the spectacle. <laughs> it was a um, three-setter, went the full set, marathon match, and Coco ended up winning, but there was a uh, level of play that was awfully slow, and so it created fireworks throughout the match, and I was yelling at the chair umpire, and my wife said to me, you know, she can't hear you. She cannot, David. I said, I know, but I had you to You feel it better anyway. about it, don't you? I felt you? better anyway. So. <laughs> Sorry about that, sweetheart. Uh, well, I'm glad, though, that Coco won, and yes. I'm glad that you now have okay. uh, made your confession uh, and yes. that you will receive absolution from your wife later on. Uh, one time my <laughs> wife told me way back in the day, 30-plus years ago, that she would never marry a sports person. And uh, it's like, well... Did she really? <laughs> yes. Look what happened. <laughs> what happened? And she met me, this finely tuned athlete See, that I just am. just took the right person to change your mind. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. So how are you today? Oh, doing great. Uh, another great day with... Uh, I got to spend with little baby Rosie, my granddaughter. Yeah. You know, at this age, they just seem to change. Every oh, yeah. single day, yeah. those first few weeks. And nice. uh, just so proud of my daughter. She's just being such a good mama and yeah, my son-in-law. Nice. So, uh, But she, this is a household now. She's she's with us, and there are six adults, and we all want to hold this baby. Yeah. So I laugh. Pass I'm the like, baby around. They have this really nice swing to help soothe the baby, but I'm like, I don't know that we'll ever be using yeah. that because... Well, we just got yeah. plenty of people's arms to hold her. So, judging by what you, you you've been telling me, it sounds like you should get in the swing and uh, swing a little bit. A swing enjoy. a little bit. And go. I get. <laughs> and re- I, yeah. I've really taken on a, a fierce grandma, a fierce right. mama bear. I'm I'm not so much over the baby because I know they've got her, but over my daughter and yeah, you, and well, her sure. rest and yeah, care and sure, well being. Yeah. I'm I am praying to yeah. the Lord to to be my best self. That's right. That's good. <laughs> and I fall short. <laughs> you know what I noticed last night, by the way, what? and maybe you did too. I had to put socks on. My feet got cold. Did you get yeah, a little chilly? I, I got a little chilly. David, I put on sweats last night. So did my night. wife. Yeah. <laughs> socks and sweats. How about that? <laughs> it's like, you know, you're used to just us, oh, 80 degrees outside, and it's just like I had the back deck door open, and it's like all of a sudden, dang. I'm kind of chilly. A little in here. chilly. Yeah, a little chilly. And David, this morning, I've not done this all season. I grabbed my my light rain jacket, oh, little windbreaker yeah. jacket, just in case it might be showering yeah. this afternoon uh, when I uh, start to head home. And it may be. 
So yeah, you look at that. You know what? Too more more kids back in school today. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, once again, as we mentioned yesterday, if you're out on the roadways, yeah, don't be surprised if you see some school buses out there cruising along as more schools ramp up the new school year. Some won't start until after Labor Day. Okay. Which is this weekend. Uh, Monday is Labor Day, and then. Everybody gets back to school after Labor Day, certainly. But yeah, certainly number of school districts back this week. Excellent. Well, uh, ex- unless you're a Camas school <laughs> yes, district, the teachers that, are yeah. still on strike. Today's a big day for, I think, Battleground in Evergreen because school is supposed to start tomorrow Okay. and no contract yet. So mm, I keep yeah. getting the letters with the updates and... We'll see if there will be kids in school at Evergreen School District tomorrow. So tomorrow is supposed to be the day. Yes, it's uh, supposed to be the first day of school. All right. Well, so we'll see. Uh, and I'm not sure, too, because I, they, I see that it's the first day of school and then the contract ends on the 31st. But then they say they may not even come back tomorrow. Yeah. So. So what's your uh, son's opinion? Is he excited to go back? And he's like, I hope they get this done. Or it's like, yeah, and maybe another day. You know what? He's a little indifferent because I know that he really wants to get to his um, his uh, engine courses yeah. and those will be shut down. He really had a, a great time last year in that yeah. class and now he's leveled up. So he's looking forward to that challenge. So he's kind of indifferent All about right. it because yeah. then he also knows that they're going to add these days on okay. at other times, right. kind of throughout sure, and, I can understand and at that. the end. So All right. like, well, I don't know if I want to do that. Well, we'll see what happens there. Stay tuned. It's, That's uh, it. We'll get, we'll get the update. So uh, what else you have coming up today? David, I don't know if you caught this story over the weekend, but a Florida bishop condemning a racially motivated shooting over the weekend. Mm. He asked for prayers for three families in the community that is grieving. Yeah. Speaking of Florida, uh, hurricane. Heading their way. That's on, right. Yeah. We got a chance to talk with Curtis yesterday at our staff yeah. meeting. They're they're watching this one real closely. All right. We'll have that for you as well. So we got a great show ahead for you on this Tuesday morning. Here's Teresa Peterson. He makes all things new. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
Teresa Peterson, and he makes all things new. It's 710 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this Tuesday morning, last Tuesday of August. He is Father Dan Petit. We're going to hear his vocation story. We'll do that right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Brother Louis-Marie de Montfort. Please join me in the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O Jesus, through the immaculate heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day, in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your sacred heart, the salvation of souls, and in reparation for sins committed against the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate hearts of Mary. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The average smartphone has more than 40 apps installed, and most of them are never used. Clear this clutter from your phone and make Monterey Radio's Hail Mary Media app your go-to spiritual resource. It's got everything you need to grow in holiness, including a huge library of enriching prayers, liturgy of the hours with the monks at Mount Angel Abbey, and a personalized schedule of your daily prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also contains a stream of Monterey Radio's live broadcast, podcast of our original shows, including programs not heard on the radio. Plus, you'll find fun things to do on the interactive community calendar, Catholic news, and so much more. The Hail Mary Media app has everything you need to grow closer to Christ all in one place. Download it today. Search Hail Mary Media in the iOS App Store, Google Play, or MaterdayRadio.com. Declutter your phone and turn to the Hail Mary Media app from Materday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 7.13 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, cooler air brings more clouds today and lower temperatures. Sprinkles are possible this morning. Then later the, this afternoon, 
more possibilities of showers falling. Highs today only getting to 72 degrees. Overnight clouds remain as we drop to 61. Then tomorrow, another possibility of showers getting a little warmer to 76 degrees. And that seems to be the pattern for the week. That yeah. Lots of clouds and lots of possibilities. So We need the rain. We certainly do. All right. 62 degrees at St. John the Apostle in Oregon City. And it is 65 degrees at Catholic Community Services of Clark County in Vancouver. Good morning. This is Dina Marie, host of Faith Moments with a Franciscan moment on Matre Day Radio. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, Jesus asks his disciples a critical question that will determine their relationship with the master. Who do you say that I am? We discover in this account that Peter responds with a great profession of faith. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. But who do we say Jesus is? Our genuine answer to that question guides us in our vocation and how we choose to live our life out with Christ. With me today to discuss his vocation story to the priesthood and his journey to Christ through the example of St. Francis is Franciscan friar, Father Dan Petit. Father Dan, thanks for coming back and being willing to share a little bit about your own vocation story. Good morning. Well, good morning, Dean and Marie. Yeah, so this is probably one of the easier uh, conversations I've had to prepare for because <laughs> life has prepared me for this one. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, let's start off a little bit about where you grew up and a little bit about the faith formation in the home, your family. You know, what was that like? How did you get introduced to Catholicism? Well, I was, uh, I'm a cradle Catholic. Yeah, I was born. Uh, my father had five of us, one of whom didn't make it, was uh, a miscarriage just before I was born. So he was a student at Notre Dame. We were all baptized there at the Basilica on the campus, uh, Sacred Heart. And I was baptized and named after a Holy Cross priest, Father Daniel Joseph O'Neill. And we moved from uh, there, after my father graduated to Minneapolis, which is where I grew up, and it was a Catholic home. We continued, we kept practicing the faith, going to Mass on Sunday, and uh, that was my introduction to the Catholic life. It was always part of the family from the, the day I was born, you know. Now, you had a connection with Holy Cross early on. Where was the connection with the Franciscans? Well, that's, uh, that gets into the vocation question, because uh, Franciscans, I never even knew they existed until yeah. uh, I was 20 years old, and I went away, well, actually 19 years old, and I went away to a seminary that was run by the, t the community I now belong to in, in Pennsylvania. Um, I did have Benedictines at my high school from Collegeville. I grew up in Minneapolis, and I graduated from Benilde. St. Margaret's High School, which was at that time at least, um, had uh, the Benedictines of Collegeville running it. So I knew them. And then, of course, I knew the Jesuits because I was a, a pre-med student at Creighton, which is a Jesuit university. And the I'd follow a good Jesuit into the kingdom any day because two, two Jesuits figured pivotally in helping me discern my vocation uh, the, the first one was Father Jim Hoff, a wonderful Jesuit. He was teaching us at, at Creighton University um, a course in medical ethics. And the first thing he had us do in our course, this was my first semester, second semester, sophomore year, he had us write an essay. Why do you want to be a doctor? 
And I wrote to him why I was questioning being a doctor and why I might be wondering if I wanted to be a priest. And he simply wrote in the margin, come and see me. And that was the beginning of the conversation. I think he was hoping I would eventually be a Jesuit. Um, but yeah. true to their charism of discernment, he helped me understand, you know, go to this seminary out in Pennsylvania, which I did. And then there was another Jesuit, Father Bill Lynn, S.J., who was at the seminary teaching our seminary, which is now closed. But it was announced in um, February 79, 1979, that it was closing. And I took a retreat out with Father Bill. And it was an eight day. And I never experienced. I, I learned the meaning of spiritual exercise in that retreat because you really he exercised me. Five hours of prayer a day. I had never wow. done that before. And in that retreat, again, with this, uh, with Father Bill, a Jesuit, I discerned the TOR Franciscans. And that's how I came to them. Wow. I'm talking with Father Dan Petit, Franciscan friar, and we've had so many Franciscan moments. I thought we'd have a little opportunity to hear the, the walk of just really hearing that call to the priesthood and becoming a Franciscan friar. It, growing up, you mentioned so uh, four other siblings, three other siblings, a Catholic home. What about the home life, the parish life? It sounds like you went to Catholic schools. How do you see that impacting your ideas about who am I called to be? What is God calling me to be? Well, there's two levels to respond at. There's uh, a kind of a subconscious level impact that I had from the first pastor at my parish. And he was uh, Monsignor Fenman, who actually contracted polio mm. and was in a wheelchair. He eventually died, of course, when I was a boy. But I used to serve mass for him in second and third and fourth grade. And just this priest in this wheelchair preaching and having mass left such an impression on me. Uh, I didn't realize it until later when I actually began to pursue the vocation, the impression it left. And then his the person that replaced him was Monsignor Stan Cernitz, who was a wonderful priest um, from the Archdiocese of Minneapolis. And he asked me in seventh grade, would you like to go to the high school seminary? And I said, no, I don't think so. I'm going to go to the regular high school. Then he asked me as a junior in high school, so would you like to go to the college seminary of the archdiocese and consider the priesthood? And I said, no, I'm going to go and be a pre-med student. And those invitations, I, those are important invitations. I, I'd say this to any priest out there, um, you know, ask, because I, I, I've noticed this in the gospel. Jesus had to ask the men to follow him. and. Whereas, you know, the women, they, they were just, they, they came along as he, they heard his preaching, they, they began to be attracted to him, his teaching. But the men, they had to be asked, you know, he'd say, follow me, you know. And how many said no? We don't know. But right. 12 said yes, and it's important. So those two asks were very important when two years later, after telling Monsignor, no, I don't have a vocation, I'm going to be a doctor. Two years later, the questioning started within me, and I thought back to those questions. I thought, i got to give him a call. Did he see something? And, of course, he did. He thought, I, I saw something in you. I thought maybe you might have a vocation. You know? mm -hmm. 
Right. And it sounds like part of that asking are planting the seeds we plant. We don't know when they're ready to take root and to start to grow. And so those planting seeds, asking those questions, making a vocation be part of what I consider as I grow and mature in my faith life. And so God bless those priests. Right. No, it's true. Asking. It is. And and I, I'm so grateful to these priests that I grew up with in my parish. Uh, my father was on the parish council. Um, and of course, family life had its struggles. Uh, it turned out both my parents actually were alcoholics. Um, and it wasn't a perfect family. And I don't think there is any perfect family, really. But the amazing thing is God is still capable of reaching us through these weak instruments. Um, my mother, when I was about nine or 10, she got, she stopped, she got on the wagon and really it, she realized what was going on and she had to stop. And my dad stopped when I was a freshman in college. And they both were, they were good people, uh, but you know, flawed like all of us, but um, the call of God still was able to come through uh, and we kept practicing the faith. Um, they gave me the faith. I have a lot of gratitude to my parents for the gift of faith they've given me. You know? Right. When you entered into college, was there a sense of a Catholic community going to mass? Was that still part of your journey as you go into this next level of education and then being away from home? Sometimes we can fall from that practice. Yeah, it's it's amazing. That's something I never did fall away from was um was uh I never did fall away from um going to mass and even occasionally going to confession uh, on Sunday. I went to mass on Sunday, but I I was pretty much, I think in many ways, I, I guess a nominal Catholic. I, I was I was doing that and it was minimal. Uh it was minimal. You know, and then I go to confession. I remember going to confession maybe a couple of times, but there were a lot of my peers around me that weren't, none of us really were that concerned with the religion that I recall. Right. I mean, it was there that the, you know, the Jesuits yeah, had a great pastoral presence on campus and the like, but I just didn't really take it that seriously and, until I started getting these questions in my second semester, sophomore year. Yeah. Well, that's a great place for us to take a pause. Again, I'm with Father Dan Petit, Franciscan friar. We're getting a little bit into his vocation story and his road to the priesthood and also into the Franciscan community. But we are coming up to a break. Father, hold on, and then we'll continue our conversation on the other side of the half hour. Sounds good. Thank you. And it is 724 here at Mater Day Radio. Of course, you're listening to our friend Dina Marie. Her podcast is Faith Moments. Now, you're going to find Dina Marie's podcast on our webpage, materdayradio.com. Go to the top of the page and find digital media. Click on that menu, and then you'll find standalone podcast. Dina Marie's podcast is there, along with David's On The Go podcast. And you will also hear Michael Davis, Common Sense on Social Justice. You can check it out today. And to make it even easier, you can access all of those podcasts on the free Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. 
Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including True North Retirement Advisors. Financial planning and investment management to help you retire with confidence. With decades of experience, True North Retirement Advisors partners with you to find clarity, build a plan, and invest with your Catholic values in mind. Scheduling a free consultation is available online at truenorthretirementadvisors.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Blanchet House of Hospitality. Since 1952, the Blanchet House has been providing food, clothing, shelter, and aid to those in need. Services include a downtown Portland cafe, residential living, transitional housing, case management, and a 12-step program at the farm. Support and volunteer opportunities are online at blanchethouse.org. The Morning Blend, two hours a day for two times the fun. Two times the fun. On Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 727 at Mater Day Radio and Hurricane Adalia threatening Florida. We'll have the story in the news. And Florida Bishop condemned a racially motivated shooting over the weekend. He asked for prayers as three families and a community continue to grieve. I'll have that story for you coming up in three minutes. Here is Sanctus Riel. My God is still the same. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Just ask the waves If they are stealing at the mention of his name They'll say my God is still the same Ask the walls If they still fall at the mighty sound of praise They'll say my God is still the same When did he break his promise? When did his kindness fail?
And that is Sanctus Real. My God is still the same. It is 7.30 right here at Mater Day Radio. And in your news, with powerful winds and life-threatening storm surge, Idalia is barreling toward Florida's coast this morning and is expected to hit as a Category 3 hurricane by Wednesday. Millions are under storm warnings as the National Guard is on call and evacuations underway as the storm could deliver a devastating blow to parts of Florida's Gulf Coast. It's expected to make landfall well north of Tampa in Florida's Big Bend region, but a small shift in the track could put the vulnerable population center more at risk. Tampa International Airport has suspended all commercial operations and stay closed until it can assess any damages later in the week, officials say there. In an update this morning, Adalia has sustained winds of 80 miles per hour with higher gusts. We were looking at the satellite imagery. It's huge. David, I could not get over that. It will take up the whole state. Yeah. It will be covered with clouds Amazing. from this one hurricane. Mm. That is enormous. Also in Florida, Catholic bishop condemned a racially motivated shooting that took place August 26th at a Dollar General store in Jacksonville, saying violence and bigotry have no place in our hearts or in our society. A white gunman identified by authorities as 21-year-old Ryan Christopher Palmander fatally shot three black people at the Dollar General store in an attack authorities said they were investigating as a racially motivated hate crime. The sheriff said rioting left by the killer made clear that he was motivated by racism. Bishop Polmeyer said it has come to light that the shooter's motivations were fueled by hatred and bigotry as he targeted innocent lives solely because of their race. This reprehensible act reminds us of the deep-seated wounds that still afflict our society, wounds rooted in prejudice and racism. Bishop Paul Meyer called on Catholics to pray for the victims and their families during this painful time. The gunman died at the scene from a self-inflicted gunshot. The Department of Transportation is fining American Airlines $1.4 million for keeping passengers waiting on board airplanes during hour-long delays. In its statement, the department said it is the largest civil penalty that it has ever assessed for lengthy tarmac demays of 43 flights that impacted more than 5,800 passengers. The flights occurred between 2018 and 2021. In the longest of the delays, passengers sat aboard a plane in Texas in August of 2020 for six hours and three minutes due to severe weather. American says it has invested in technology to better handle flights in severe weather and reduce the congestion at airports. The company says the efforts are already providing significant benefits to its customers and that it will continue to look for innovative ways to further improvement. Salem city leaders decided Monday night not to repeal a controversial payroll tax that would cost those who work in the city about $40 a month. And one of the reasons they decided not to repeal it is to give voters the chance to make their voice heard in November. The city introduced the tax as part of its Safe Salem initiative to help fund emergency services, including police, fire and sheltering programs amid a shortfall of $19.4 million, according to the city. The payroll tax is estimated to bring in $27,850,000 annually. 
The tax would be imposed on all wages for individuals working in Salem, regardless of where they live. Minimum wage employees would be exempt. A referendum to bring the Salem payroll tax to public vote needed just under 4,000 signatures to qualify for the upcoming ballot. Activists collected nearly 13,000 signatures, and the proposed payroll tax will now head to a special election ballot on November 7th. The tax next heads to special election ballots in November, and now it is a decision for the voters. In sports, after day one of the U.S. Open Tennis Championships in New York, one thing for sure, it's going to be an entertaining two weeks. 19-year-old Coco Goff had to struggle through a three-set marathon first-rounder with 35-year-old German veteran Laura Sigamund. Goff dropped the first set 3-6 before finally closing out Sigamund in the third 6-4. There were fireworks throughout the match, mostly caused by the German slow pace of play with plenty of arguing with the chair umpire along the way and me yelling at the television screen. I think it must have helped, obviously. Yes, it certainly did. Uh, when asked to summarize the match in a post-game interview, Goff thought for a moment, then said, slow. That's how she said it, too. <laughs> Just slow. S- slow. So anyway, she did end up winning. What was interesting is that uh, Novak Djokovic uh, played after the Coco match, and that match went so long, and then there was a ceremony following that. When Djokovic finally started play, he ended up winning, it was 11.15 New York time. My goodness. So I think their match ended like 1 a.m. Oh, was there anybody left in the <laughs> I, stands at I, that time? I don't know. I went to bed. So I, 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 I would imagine there were a few, but I don't know how many. When we first meet John the Baptist in the Gospel of Matthew and Mark, he is an odd character. The Gospel writers go out of their way to describe his unusual clothing in one of the rare occasions that they ever even mention someone's garments. And it says in Matthew, Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather girdle around his waist and his food, David, locusts and wild honey. That's right. Um, Besides showing John's poverty, what does his clothing signify? For a Jewish audience, this detail linked John the Baptist to a very significant prophet in the Old Testament, the prophet Elijah were similar clothing that set him apart from everyone else. In the book of Malachi, it was foretold that, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the land with a curse. Now, even Jesus made the connection, further solidifying the role of John the Baptist as a prophet who would prepare the way for the Messiah. He said, truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has risen no one greater than John the Baptist. And additionally, Jesus contrasts the mission of John the Baptist with the soft garments of royalty, saying, behold, those who wear soft remnant are king houses. Then... Did you go out to see a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. So while his clothing choices might seem odd to the modern reader, they made perfect sense to a first century Jewish follower who instantly understood the significance of his garments. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. 
This evening at 6.30 p.m. is a World Youth Day post-event reception happening at Siena Hall at Holy Rosary Parish. The Portland Division of the World Apostolate of Fatima invites all to a reception with a panel of several Oregon young adults sharing their experiences of World Youth Day 2023 and how this event changed their lives. You can find more details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app and we'll have more from father dan and dean marie on the father's vocation story it's right after the forecast support for mater day radio comes from our leadership circle members including best buy in town landscape supply since 1984 best buy in town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services including bark dust blowing rock soil sod and recycler of yard debris located at 2200 cornelius pass road in hillsborough online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at cyocamphoward.org. That's cyocamphoward.org. This is Father Peter Julio, the Vocations Director for the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon. Please join Modern Day Radio and the Archdiocese of Portland Office of Vocations as we unite in prayer with all young men and women to know their vocation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, you have created me to know, love, and serve you. I know there are many ways in life to fulfill this calling, but of them all there is one way, especially for me, by which I will become a saint. Help me to desire what you desire for me, and I pray that you send the Holy Spirit into my mind, heart, and soul, so that I will have the courage to follow you in all things. Mary, my mother, help me to say yes to God's will as you did. Jesus, my Lord and Savior, help me to love as you love. If it is your will that I am called to serve you as a priest or consecrated person, give me the grace and strength to follow you with joy to the end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the Church. Catch the Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 741 at Mater Dei Radio. Get a little cooler fall-like weather today. There is a chance of a shower or two primarily later in the day today. Only a high of 72 degrees. Then showers likely overnight tonight, low of 61. And, you know, kind of showers forecast right on into Saturday. So how heavy they'll be, you kind of have to wait and see, but it is going to be cooler and showery. And it's cloudy out there right now for sure, too. 66 degrees at the Madeline here in Portland. And 59 degrees at St. Paul Catholic Church in Eugene. 
This is Dina Marie, and I'm back with my conversation with Father Dan Petit, Franciscan friar. We've been speaking a little bit about his faith formation growing up, being exposed actually to a lot of religious communities, the Jesuits, uh, some Holy Cross community. We've got the Holy Cross here at the University of Portland campus, but also at some point getting the sense of maybe I am called to the priesthood. Father, you mentioned that you were at Crichton. You were studying maybe to be a doctor. You were in medical uh, student. And so where, where, if you kind of think back, where was your heart calling? Maybe it's not to be a doctor. Maybe it is to follow Christ as a priest. Tell us a little bit about that time. Well, it was a, it was a, um, a time of great questioning. That's the way I, that's the way my vocation began to, I guess, germinate within me. It was a questioning about whether God was calling me to be a priest. And it wasn't like I could avoid it. It was like um, it was just there. And uh, that's one of the things I learned over the years in terms of discernment, rules of discernment. If it persists, that can be an indicator. It's the Lord because the devil tends to be more impulsive Mm. and he wants you to act on impulse. Whereas if it persists, I mean, it's like and that's what this was. It was a questioning in my soul and it was just relaying that to a a Jesuit priest in a class I had on medical ethics as a pre-med student. And he said, come and see me. And that began the conversation to the point where I eventually, at that time, uh, I'll tell you this one thing. This is what released me. That semester, I kept praying and and discerning and stuff. And I got to the summer and I was working for a biochemist at the medical school doing this chromatography. I was a chem major and stuff. And we got to be good friends well enough that I was able to share with him my concerns. I said, I'm afraid to go away and check out this priesthood question because I'm afraid if I find out it's not for me, I'll come back. And when I come to apply to med school, They'll see this gap and say, oh, Petit couldn't hold up under the pressure or something like that, and they won't let me in. And he said, well, um, I'll talk to the dean of the med school. He he was on the medical admissions board, Dr. Ron Gohn was. So he went and talked to the dean of the med school and asked him about it. And the dean said, let Dan go away for a year and come back, and we won't hold it against him when he comes to apply. So, oh, my God, I felt like the strings were just coming right. apart. And it just so happened I was working that summer in as an intern at a uh, uh, elderly care center in Davis County in Omaha, Nebraska. That was the summer you might recall Elvis Presley passed away. Uh-huh. Summer of 1977. And a nun came into the room giving these magazines to the elderly. And she said, would you like one? And I said, sure. So I took this and she gave me a Catholic digest and I just started writing to seminaries in the back of that. And the one that came back that I attracted me was St. Francis Seminary, where I didn't have to be dedicated to a bishop. There was no commitment. I could come and window shop and that would be fine. So I made the decision to go there and it was St. Francis Seminary run by the TORs, my community in Loretto, Pennsylvania. And I got there in August 
1977, and would you know, I met the treasurer of the seminary, who was a Franciscan TOR brother, and he said, you were at Creighton. I said, yeah, I was. And he said, did you know Dr. John Potter? And I said, well, yeah, he's the, he's the reason I'm here. He's the dean of the med school. And he said, that's my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, well, this is a small world. It's because of your <laughs> uncle that I'm here. You know, it's like I got a year to kind of look at this and see if it works out. And, of course, um, here I am. You know, it kind of began to right. turn the corner. Um, of course, my brother... He had plans for us. We were both going to be doctors together. Our wives were going to be friends. Our children's play together, cabins on the lake. He went on to eventually go to Creighton Med School, and I turned away. And it was sort of, a, he was the one probably that most struggled with the fact that I had gone this direction because the plans didn't quite work out, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. So you entered, you took that little come and see. Did that just shift did you enter into then the seminary after that experience i did i was actually in the seminary uh, they had a college seminary program in the seminary on the diocesan side so this is a tor franciscan seminary so the tors lived on one side of the seminary and then they had a diocesan seminary where they, the bishops could send their seminarians there and I was, we had a wing on the diocesan side. And of course, we were able to have a spiritual director. Uh, I remember when I first had, when I first had my meet, first meeting in spiritual direction and the director described to me what it was, I remember I broke down into tears. I'd been looking, I had been searching so much and I finally found a place where I could search in earnest and it was so consoling, you know. And so that's what I did. And I started developing um, a relationship, especially to the Eucharist. I became a daily communicant, which for me, as I described to you, just going on Sundays, um, I began prayer before the Blessed Sacrament in a way I'd never conceived I ever would do that year. You know, I just did a lot of growing in the, in the spiritual life and uh, the necessary um ingredients, if you will, to discern a vocation, to hear the call of God. Right, right. And so then you just, the TORs, that was your community. It sounds like God really planted you and, and led you exactly where he wanted you. Yeah, well, you know, if you can imagine, uh, I'm from Minnesota, you know, like Thanksgiving, uh, Easter break, things like that. The, the seminary emptied out on my side. They were all from like Jersey and Pennsylvania. They all left. So the friars would say, Dan, why don't you come over and join us? And that's how they rubbed off. I love it. I love it. Father Dan Petit, Franciscan friar, sharing a little bit of his vocational journey to the Franciscan community, the third order regulars. So 77, really kind of you entered in. When did you make your final profession with the community? Uh well, no, 77, I got to the seminary in, yeah. in, in 79, two years later after the seminary closed. That's when I joined the TORs. Okay. And, and then I took my final vows in 1986. So that okay. would have been about seven years later. Um, and of course, ordination the year after that in 87. And um, I would like to maybe address something to uh, people that may be struggling with the uh, clergy sex abuse. Um, 
from someone that has lived through a lot of the fallout from that as priest uh, during the, this whole period, and even living with some uh, friars and priests and knowing priests that weren't even TOR friars that ended up um, having to leave the ministry uh, for or even become imprisoned because they committed crimes. Um, I would just say this, uh, and this is true, I would think, of, I think most priests would be able to admit this, uh, I am not the moral high ground of the Catholic Church. I never have been. I got clay feet. Uh, but that doesn't, that doesn't uh, mean, uh, however, that there is no moral high ground, because uh, Christ is the moral high ground in the Catholic Church. And he can never be taken down. And my responsibility as a priest has been to attempt to try to keep up with this, with, with Christ. And it, it's not easy. And I'll be the first one to say everyone needs a Jewish mother in order to do that. Because I know I would not be a priest today without our Blessed Lady, Mary. Um, she has been pivotal to helping me learn how to try at least i i fail miserably a lot of times but i'm trying at least to keep up with the high ground that christ sets for for us in the church he was taken out on good friday but he came back in the resurrection and can never die again it, it, that standard can never go away and that's our faith that's our faith. It's not put in the clay feet of priests, but it's 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 in Christ. And I, I just say that for people that maybe are out there struggling possibly with what they've read about on the front page of the newspapers. Um, uh, some of that is weakness. Uh, some of it is criminal. I mean, and we have we have to do what we're doing. But I mean, at the same time, the standard is still there and can never go away. Right. Right. And I love Father Dan that you shared as you started to form that preparation for the priesthood, it was the Eucharist and Our Lady, and it's still the Eucharist and Our Lady. Those two pillars are very Eucharistic and Marian. And that's what we've learned from St. Francis's life and his example, that he kept himself tethered, you know, between the Holy Eucharist and our Blessed Mother. And that just keeps him uh, really identifying with Christ. So we're going to have to have another show just to talk a little bit more about unpacking this because we're just about at our end of our program today. But thank you for sharing. And again, it reminds us invitations are so important, looking for Christ in each person and calling that out, because so many times we don't recognize the great gifts God has given us to use, to bless and to give a praise to God. And it takes somebody else from the outside to say, hey, have you ever thought of? And we take that next step forward. So thank you for sharing a bit about that, Father Dan. Would you help us close this time leading us in prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness in calling us, your dedication and your consistency and fidelity. And we ask and pray for an increase in labors to come into the field, in the priesthood, religious life, uh, married life, the diaconate. We ask that you'll raise up men and women to come and serve you in the gospel. And I commend this prayer to the care of Mary, our mother, this day. And may the blessed mighty God descend upon all of us in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Dan. Have a blessed day. Thank you, Gina Marie. Good to talk with you. And it is 7.54 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend this Tuesday morning. You know what, Brenda? This is a big day today. It is. Yeah, you know why? I think I know where you're going. Yeah, today is the day that we mail out our Fall share letter. So we're excited about this Fall share So if you are on our mailing list, definitely watch your mailbox in the next day or two. You will be receiving our Fall share letter. The theme of this year's Fall share Be Changed. Be Changed, a wonderful theme, revolves around the Eucharist. In fact, the quote on the letter, the Eucharist has the power to change and revive the hearts of every human being. That's Father Mike Schmitz who said that. So again, Fall share coming up. Write this on your calendar, October 9th through the 13th. You should be receiving our letter in the mail any day now. More information you can find out on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM, Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator, K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Support for Modern Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Westside Masonry Incorporated, providing residential masonry projects in brick, block, concrete, and cultured stone. For more information on fireplaces, patios, driveways, hardscapes, excavation, retaining walls, and fencing, call 503-805-7464. Westside Masonry Incorporated, CCB number 167779. Summertime is a great time to drive the open road. Unless your old, reliable wheels just aren't up to the task anymore. You know who could use that old car? Mater Day Radio. You can donate most vehicles, cars, trucks, vans, RVs, and boats to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program with the proceeds supporting a faith-filled Catholic broadcast and in return, getting yourself a likely tax deduction. More information on our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend. It's a cup of joy with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. We're going to have the latest for you on that wildfire near Portland's watershed. That's coming up. And Pope Francis getting his zacchettos all cleaned up and packed. He's ready to hit the road again. I'll tell you where he is going and why he's asking for our prayers. Those stories coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. June was a lowly daughter of a poor French fisherman, but she was loved. Her father was gone to sea more than he was home, and was sadly lost at sea when she was only four years old. Her mother cared for the family, raising them strongly in the Christian faith. This wasn't easy, especially since they were living right in the middle of the French Revolution, when Christianity was being suppressed. To help out the family finances, Jean became employed at the estate of the Viscountess de la Cour. 
To the young girl's great fortune, the Viscountess was a very devout Catholic who frequently visited the poor and infirmed of her village. Jean would accompany the Viscountess as an extra set of hands on many of these visits. Falling in love with this lifestyle of service to the poor, as well as leaning into her upbringing and models of faith, Jean began to hear her call to religious life. She turned down countless marriage proposals, knowing that God had other plans for her life. By the age of 25, Jean had given everything she owned away and took a job at the local hospital in San Chavan, where she worked hard laborious hours for six long years. Due to poor health as a result of the taxing work, she had to step away and instead helped serve as a tertiary for the next 12 years. In 1837, Jean began renting a small cottage from an elderly woman, later joined by a young orphan girl. Thus began an intentional Catholic community of devout women who focused on prayer and serving the poor. Jean would find elderly who were usually crippled or paralyzed in some way with no one able to take care of them. She would bring them home and give them lodging for as long as they needed, usually giving up her own bed and sleeping in the attic. And by the grace of God, she was donated an unoccupied convent that would easily house 40 people. This only gave her the courage to continue serving the poor and elderly in a higher capacity. Jean would attract many other women to her charitable work and mission. Throughout the 1840s, the little community grew and came to be known as Little Sisters of the Poor, an order still actively serving today. Jean served as the first mother superior and was forced into retirement by their spiritual moderator in 1852, but continued humbly begging for the poor until her natural death in 1879. During her canonization in 2009, Pope Benedict XVI said, In the Beatitudes, Jean Jugan found the source of the spirit of hospitality and fraternal love, founded on unlimited trust in providence, which illuminated her whole life. It's a joyful act of charity to visit the elderly and sick in our communities. I invite you to try stepping out of your comfort zone in the name of Saint Jean Jugan and go to a nursing home today. Find someone who just needs your loving smile and a caring word. It might have been a while since they've had a visitor in their time of loneliness. Saint Jean Jugan, pray for us. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. Awaken the Saint is a three-minute daily show that unpacks the lives of the saints with practical messages for everyday life. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, please download our free Hail Mary media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. Pope Francis has asked for prayers as he prepares to visit the heart of Asia, the sparsely populated country of Mongolia. The Pope will travel approximately 5,600 miles to Ulaanbaatar, the Mongolian capital, from August 31st to September 4th. It is a much-desired visit, he said on August 27th after his weekly Angelus address at the Vatican. During the four-day visit, Pope Francis is scheduled to meet with government leaders, engage in interreligious dialogue, and offer Mass for the small Catholic population, which numbers just 1,450 in a country of about 3 million people. Speaking from a window overlooking St. Peter's Square, Pope Francis said, I thank your authorities for their kind invitation and those who, with great commitment, are preparing for my arrival. He added, I ask all of you to accompany me this visit with your prayers.
The Portland Water Bureau continues to monitor the spread of the Camp Creek fire burning in the Bull Run watershed, which is estimated to be over 1,600 acres and 0% contained. The fire is approximately 1.3 miles from Reservoir 1 and about 2 miles from the Water Bureau's treatment facility. Weather forecasts predict that conditions will remain favorable in the next several days. Water Bureau officials say they are continuing to work closely with fire agencies to monitor the threat levels to their staff and infrastructure and are developing plans in the event they are forced to evacuate staff from the watershed. Currently, helicopters are dipping water out of the Bull Run Reservoir and airplanes are pulling water from the Columbia River to battle the blaze. At this point, winds are pushing the fire away from Bull Run. The Clark County Food Bank is always asking for food donations, but right now fresh fruits and vegetables are at the top of the list as their supply is low. Paul Spear lives in Clark County and grows his own produce, not only for his table, but for his community. He said we purposely planted fruit trees so that we'd have some leftovers to share with other people. Spear said he donates between 500 and 1,000 pounds of produce once or twice a month. To donate produce is as easy as dropping it off at the Clark County Food Bank. They will sort it all out and distribute it to their 50 cooperating nonprofits and 130 distribution sites. It's about being proud of the community I live in and helping other people and doing the right thing, said Spear. And doing the right thing doesn't require an entire harvest like Paul Spear and his wife have grown. They say if you've got a fruit tree and you can donate 10 apples, that's going to be 10 more kids that have apples for lunch, he said. Nice. Well, legendary TV star Bob Barker, who hosted the famed game show The Price is Right for 35 years, he passed away over the weekend at the age of 99. He was just a few months shy of his 100th birthday, according to his longtime publicist. Barker started his broadcasting career in radio following his stint in the Navy during World War II. His big break came when game show creator Ralph Edwards heard him on the air and reached out about hosting Truth or Consequences in the mid-1950s, he held that position for nearly 20 years. In 1972, he began his long run on The Price is Right. Barker won 19 Daytime Emmy Awards, including 14 for Outstanding Game Show Host, as well as a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Daytime Emmys in 1995. He also memorably appeared as himself in the Adam Sandler film Happy Gilmore, when he delivered some uh, salty language and got into a fist fight with Sandler's character at a pro-am golf event. Do you remember that scene? Uh, I don't remember the scene. I remember yeah. the movie, like hockey player turned golfer or yeah, something. Yeah, right. It's, it's pretty funny. Uh, Bob Barker, yeah, what a, what a legend. And I remember him. We were talking about this earlier. I remember him more from as a little kid growing up on Truth or Consequences, the TV show, because that show would come on right before my mom's story, As the World Turns. Uh, <laughs> I love so, it. I, I always remember that for whatever reason, but yeah, a real legend. Oh, so, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I remember that Price is Right was a staple when I was growing up on sick days. Oh, yeah. When we'd have to stay home because we had sure. a cold or something. Yeah. I, yeah, we'd watch Price is Right, I think like at 10 in the morning. Yeah, that's right.
The second supermoon of the month, which also happens to be the closest and brightest full moon of 2023, will make its appearance on Wednesday night. The moon will be closer than usual, a mere 222,043 miles away, making it appear slightly brighter and bigger than normal, giving it the supermoon title. But that's not the only special feature about this moon. Because it's the second full moon in the same month, it will also be what's called a blue moon. The last time two full supermoons graced the sky in the same month was back in 2018. It won't happen again till 2037. Wow. Now, despite what the name may suggest, the blue moon has nothing to do with the color of the moon. So the moon won't actually look blue on Wednesday night. Uh, but the big question here is, are we even going to see it around yeah, here? Uh, Who would have right thought now. that in August yeah. we would not see a full moon? Yeah. But doesn't look too promising right now. I don't now. think so. Yeah, so, well, we'll see. And in sports, uh, boy, you know, we're talking football, but how about basketball? West Coast Conference announced the conference schedule for the upcoming 2023-24 women's basketball season. University of Portland's schedule highlighted by a rematch Against the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Mm -hmm. That'll be the opener for WCC play. That's on January 4th. So you may recall the Pilots and the Bulldogs played each other in the 2023 WCC Tournament Championship last season with the Pilots edging out the Zags to win their second tournament in four years. Portland hits the road right after that on January 6th to take on the San Francisco Dons. Last season, the Pilots went 23-9 and overall for their best record since the 1996-97 season. So I think a lot of anticipation for this season coming up as well. A great Pyrenees who saved his foster family from a fire on their houseboat has been adopted just one day by a secret admirer. The fluffy white dog named Moose alerted Sheila Janes and her husband Chris they were asleep on their soundboat, that houseboat, that a fire had broken out on another boat moored nearby, which quickly spread to their own, ready to consume them all. More remarkably, Moose was the only family for was only with the family for 48 hours. He was a foster dog who Sheila and Chris thought would give a great weekend of fun for the dog and their children. They first came to know Moose when they discovered the Portsmouth Humane Society's Paws Around Portsmouth Weekend Foster Program. They were having so much fun doing all kinds of activities, and it was at a farmer's market that they had met someone who wanted to adopt the pooch. Sheila said the paperwork was to be finalized the next day, so they had one last night with Moose before he went to his new home. They spoiled him that day, got him an ice cream pup cup, went to the park, and all shared a chicken sandwich. Sheila added that they decided to keep him at their houseboat rather than bring him back to the shelter. Mm -hmm. Well, that night, their house spot, the houseboat caught fire and the impromptu sleepover guests potentially saved all five of them. Moose was hailed as a hero and followed through paperwork the following day. However, the new family weren't able to uh, take the athletic dog he needed a lot of room to run and grow. Well, somebody was watching local news coverage. Sierra Hill, she's a proud owner of dogs, cats, chickens, and a tortoise on five acres of land. When she saw the story, she said, 
I think we need one more to finish mm. off our family. Moose found a perfect match and was pretty comfortable with all the animals at his new home. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. From Friday to Sunday is the To Become One retreat at Mount Angel Abbey Guest House. For engaged and married couples, this weekend retreat will offer opportunities to focus on learning how to respond to God's call to marital holiness. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Hey, we have a homily highlight coming up with Father Tim McKitus. We'll head to that right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Hi, it's David. And Brenda from The Morning Blend, where we hope to get your day started off right. Please join us weekdays from 7 to 9 a.m. as we bring you inspiring stories, interviews, and Catholic news that is important to you. We even have a little music for your entertainment. Also, strengthen your prayer life by downloading our free Hail Mary media app. It'll give you access to our exclusive prayer library with text, audio, and video content. You can even set up reminders so you won't miss a day. Also on the app, as well as on our website, materdayradio.com, you can listen to podcasts that will bring you joy, enhance your faith, and even learn about Catholic social justice opportunities, just to name a few. Remember, it's all there for you by downloading our free Hail Mary media app or visit materdayradio.com. It's the Morning Blend, 7 to 9, right here on Materday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. You know, I hear that's a pretty good show. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Okay. Pretty, pretty two entertaining people. I hear there. that the that the girl on there, she's pretty humble. <laughs> yes, she is. Uh, it's eight eleven at Mater Day Radio. By the way, we're going to see some showers possibility today. A little bit cooler, high around seventy two degrees, and then a few showers again overnight tonight. Low of sixty one. Man, yeah, kind of the same for tomorrow. High seventy six. Currently, it is sixty two degrees at St. Mary's of Guadalupe Catholic Church in Ridgefield. And 62 degrees at St. Luke's Church in Woodburn. Need a recap of Sunday's readings? It's time for Homily Highlight on Mater Day Radio. And today's Homily Highlight from Father Tim Mekaitis. The words of Jesus this morning are pretty profound and amazing words to speak to an ancient Galilean fisherman. <clears throat> who was likely unlearned in whatever the scholarship was at that time. But I'm sure that Peter had his own sense of, of who the Messiah would be. And Peter certainly was immersed in the Jewish faith and the Jewish culture of ancient times. We read between the lines about what kind of man Peter was. We don't know his age exactly. He was probably in his 30s, around the same age as Jesus, probably not much more than that. The work of fishermen at that time was very, very hard, very backbreaking, and it would be, would be a, healthy, a healthy fellow that would need to be able to pull rope, nets aboard, and load in fish, and 
hoisting. So Peter, or Rocky, as Jesus called him affectionately this morning, it's a nickname, whether he looked like a rock, which is likely, particularly his upper body, from pulling and, and hoisting and all of that. But maybe his personality, there was something about Peter. Peter was likely a wealthy man of the time. <clears throat> he had his own fishing business. His brother Andrew and James and John fished with him. He had his own boat, his own, his own home. So likely he was considered pretty wealthy and a successful businessman, a fishing business. And fish at that time was a great trade. People ate a great deal of seafood. And so Peter probably had a natural kind of organizational sense. But nonetheless, it could have been any of the apostles who answered the way that Jesus did, or the way, the way that Peter did. But these words are quite amazing. You are Peter on this rock. On you, Rocky, I will build my church. On the profession of your faith that is rock solid because it is so profoundly true. And upon you, your person, Peter, this is how the way, the way we see it in the, as, as Catholics. Both Peter's rock-solid faith, at least in that profession, and upon his person. And so, of course, it's the origin of the papacy. 266 popes later, we now have Peter, who's named Francis, among us. So these words are very important for understanding the structure of the church, the institution of the church, how Jesus recognized that he didn't want his church, his believers, to just be amorphously wandering around with no particular boundaries, no particular understanding or structure. So he establishes in these words the important structure of the church. The Pope, Peter, the apostles, who will then become the bishops and the Pope profoundly guiding and keeping the church together in a sign of unity. It's like the spokes of the wheel. You need that center part. The spokes are put there. Without that center part, the wheel's just going to fly apart. So we have our Holy Father who then holds on, keeps the church unified as one. He is the sign of unity. Also what Jesus was saying here, and maybe which is even more, more profound in understanding the responsibility that Jesus was handing on to Peter. Peter, I want you to be the prime minister of my kingdom. I will be leaving, and you will take my place until I return. So we call the Pope the vicar of Christ on earth. When Jesus returns, there won't be any need for a Pope anymore. Thank God the boss is back, finally. Nonetheless, so because the prime minister stands in the place of the king or queen in the kingdom, he or she represents that person and governs accordingly. And so that is what Jesus is doing here, passing that authority on to them. What a great gift it is. And even though we all know Christian Catholic history over the centuries has been pretty, pretty rocky over the time as it is today as well, nonetheless, the church hasn't just flung apart. We're still 
somewhat sense of unity around the Holy Father as that profound and important sign. So the questions that Jesus asks, two very important questions, one very general, but one very personal. In case you haven't heard, we are now in a presidential election year. Has anyone not heard that yet? Oh my goodness, what a year it's going to be. It's already, what a year it's going to play itself out. We don't know. Many prayers needed for the unity and healing of this nation. What we are doing at this time then with the presidential candidates is evaluating them. We're getting to know them, to understand them as a person, to understand their platforms and their positions. And we're certainly not going to take a poll this morning because we're, I'm afraid we might fly apart if we did. But the point is we are assessing the candidates, as we always do. We're looking at them, we're studying them. Do I agree with this person? Would he or she be, be a, a person who would be the next president or not? And the reasons why. That's what we're doing. So we have all kinds of opinions. You name a candidate and you'll hear an opinion about who I think they are or what I think they're like. So that's what Jesus was doing. Who do people say that I am? Who's evaluating? What do they think of me? Well, some say you're the prophet Elijah, return. The great prophet of the, the greatest of all the prophets of the Old Testament who went to heaven on a fiery chariot. We think you're Elijah who symbolizes the Messiah. Or maybe you're John the Baptist come back from the dead. You certainly preach in the spirit of John calling people to repentance and conversion. Or maybe you're like Jeremiah, the prophet, who warned the people about the Babylonians coming in, that they needed to repent to return to the covenant, and Babylon came in and destroyed the, the, the temple of Israel at the time and took the people off kept, captive. Maybe you're Jeremiah or some other prophet, because you have a prophetic way of speaking. So Jesus heard the opinions, and maybe there were others that they expressed. But then he turns the next question, which is so important, not only for the disciples, the apostles, but even more importantly now for every single one of us as individuals. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Perhaps it was a moment of what we say pregnant silence, among the apostles. We don't know what they were individually, what they were thinking. Maybe they too had mixed opinions about who this man is. Certainly mysterious, certainly powerful, certainly compassionate. It's a special relationship with God, calls him his own father. But then Peter speaks out, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And that makes all the difference. You're not just the Messiah. You are sent by God, the son of the living God, not just an earthly king. You come from God. And therefore, Jesus recognized that Peter, despite his limitations, was chosen by his own father, anointed to be the one, the one who would take his place to continue and the missionary and begin the missionary activity and hold the ancient Christian church together as Peter did. And so that question then to the apostles, as they got to know Jesus more over the remaining years before his ascension, in the same way with Peter, I'm sure, as they grew in an understanding of him, 
and came to recognize him as, as the one sent from God after the resurrection and the, and the Pentecost, their opinions and their fire all changed to share the good news, even to the point of giving their death, doing so by giving their lives. But now the question comes to us more than 2,000 years later and continues to be asked. Every culture, every, every, every age seems to continue to ask the same question. And there's still all kinds of opinions out there about who this man was or is. Who is Jesus? Broadway answered it back in the 70s. With, he's a superstar. Godspell. He's a clown on the stage. He's like that, and his followers are like a circus in the Broadway musical Godspell. Bring it up even closer to our time. We hear talk about Jesus as a great philosopher, a great teacher, but not particularly divine. He's certainly not God. That's what we hear today, and all kinds of other opinions, maybe personally. But who do you say that he is for you? That's a question we must all answer if we're going to be genuine followers of Christ. If you see him as a teacher, then you will want to get to know his teachings. If you see him as a kind man doing good for others, then you want to do the same, to do good for others. But if you see him as Lord and God, as Lord of your life, as the one sent from heaven, if you see him like the truth that Peter proclaimed, then it must include the resurrection, must include the crucifixion, must include all that Jesus did and said. And to recognize where I fit into that person who's Christ, the Lord of my life, then I will give myself to others, not counting the cost, good in his name, to bring others to the gospel or carry out my mission through my marriage, my family life, through my single life, through my ordination, through wherever finding myself in the whole journey of life for all of us, I'll carry out his mission according to my abilities and my state in life because he is Lord of my life and there's nothing else more important than that. So how we answer the question will depend how we live our life. Let's pray that God inspires us and pushes us where we need to be pushed and helps us come to recognize our own need for conversion, our own need to follow Christ, the Lord who is the Son of God. And that is Father Tim McIdas, pastor at Queen of Peace Catholic Church in Salem. And remember, you can find more details and listen to that homily again. Just head over to materdayradio.com. There on the front page, you will find all of our great locally produced shows, The Morning Blend, and all of our interviews, including the homily you just heard. You'll also access all of our programming on the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. 
That's 503-252-1722. It's the 58th annual Oktoberfest in Mount Angel, running Thursday, September 14th through Sunday, September 17th. Check out the Alpine food booths, music ranging from Alp horns to Alpine rock, free street dances, non-stop Bavarian entertainment, free family fun in the kindergarten, local crafters, a cruise-in car show, sports, wiener dog races, and lots more. Come join the celebration at the Mount Angel Oktoberfest. Info online at oktoberfest.org. Hi, I'm Father Cedric Bizania. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. Lattes and cappuccinos may be tasty, but it's the morning blend with David and Brenda that will get your day started right on Mater Day Radio. 827 and Mater Day Radio and Adalia ready to make landfall in Florida. We'll have the story for you in the news. And a Florida bishop condemns a racially motivated shooting over the weekend. He asked for prayers as three families and a community grieve. I'll have that story for you coming up. Here is Leanna Crawford. How can you not? We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. I see the sunrise in the morning and a million stars at night. I hear the birds, they can't stop singing hallelujah. I see his goodness when I fall down and his grace that picks me up. Every day I can't stop singing hallelujah.
is Leanna Crawford, and how can you not? It is 8.30 right here at Monster Day Radio. And in your news, with powerful winds and life-threatening storm surges, Adalia is barreling towards Florida's west coast this morning and is expected to hit as a Category 3 hurricane by Wednesday. Millions are under storm warnings as the National Guard is on call and evacuations underway as the storm could deliver a devastating blow to parts of Florida's Gulf Coast. It's expected to make landfall well north of Tampa in Florida's Big Bend region, but a small shift in the track could put the vulnerable population center more at risk. Tampa International Airport has suspended all commercial operations and stay closed until it can assess any damages later in the week. Now, in an update this morning, Adalia has sustained winds of 80 miles per hour with higher gusts. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that and see. uh, Again, they're saying Wednesday when it makes landfall, but uh, it's getting closer. A Florida Catholic bishop condemned a racially motivated shooting that took place late August 26th at a Dollar General store in Jacksonville, saying violence and bigotry have no place in our hearts and our society. A white gunman identified by authorities as 21-year-old Ryan Palmiter fatally shot three black people at the Dollar General store in an attack authorities said they were investigating as racially motivated. The sheriff said riding left by the shooter made clear that he was motivated by racism. Bishop Holmeyer said it has come to light that the shooter's motivations were fueled by hatred and bigotry as he targeted innocent lives solely because of their race. This reprehensible act reminds us of the deep-seated wounds that still afflict our society, wounds rooted in prejudice and racism. Bishop Holmeyer called on Catholics to pray for the victims and their families during this painful time. The gunman died at the scene from self-inflicted gunshot. Well, the Department of Transportation is fining American Airlines $4.1 million for keeping passengers waiting on board airplanes during hour-long delays. In its statement, the department said it is the largest civil penalty that it has ever assessed for lengthy tarmac delays of 43 flights that impacted more than 5,800 passengers. Now, the flights occurred between 2018 and 2021. In the longest of the delays, passengers sat aboard a plane in Texas in August 2020 for six hours and three minutes due to severe weather. American says it has invested in technology to better handle flights in severe weather and reduce the congestion at airports. company says the efforts are already providing significant benefits to its customers and that it will continue to look for innovative ways to further improve. Salem City leaders decided Monday night not to repeal a controversial payroll tax that would cost those who work in the city about $40 per month. And one of the reasons they decided not to repeal it is to give voters a chance to make their voice heard in November. The city introduced the tax as part of its Safe Salem initiative to help fund emergency services, including police, fire, and sheltering programs amid a shortfall of $19.4 million, according to the city. The payroll tax is estimated to bring in $27,850,000 annually. 
The tax would be imposed on all wages for individuals working in Salem, regardless of where they live. Minimum wage employees would be exempt. A referendum to bring the Salem payroll tax to a public vote needed just under 4,000 signatures to qualify for the upcoming ballot. Activists collected nearly 13,000 signatures and the proposed payroll tax will now head to a special election ballot on November 7th. In sports, after day one of the U.S. Open Tennis Championships in New York, one thing is for sure, going to be an entertaining two weeks. 19-year-old Coco Goff had to struggle through a three-set marathon first-rounder with 35-year-old German veteran Laura Sigmund. Goff dropped the first set 3-6 before finally closing out Sigmund in the third 6-4. Uh, There were fireworks throughout the match, mostly caused by the Germans' slow pace of play, with plenty of arguing with the chair umpire along the way. When asked to summarize the match in a post-game interview, Goff thought for a moment, then said, slow. (laughs) That's that's how she said it, too. Slow. Slow. And uh, then she went on to say, well, she played a good match, so, uh, you know, credit to her. So today, you know who plays in the afternoon? Venus Williams. What? Still playing. I thought she retired. What a great career. No, her sister, Serena. Okay. Retired, but Venus, who's actually the older of the Williams sisters, still playing. So that's wonderful. So we'll see how she does today. And then last night, too, uh, Novak Djokovic uh, played after the Coco Goff match. In the middle of the <laughs> night. Yeah, his match started like at 11.15 in New York and finished around 1 a.m. They had a really nice ceremony, though, bet- after the Goff match. And before the Djokovic match, they did a tribute to Billie Jean King, which, of course, the tennis center is named after Billie Jean, uh, celebrating the 50th anniversary of equal pay for women tennis players. Excellent. Which was, of course, Billie Jean was the reason behind that. She, you know, really was an advocate for that back in the day. And so it was a very nice ceremony to honor her and her efforts to uh, bring equal pay to the tournaments. When we first meet John the Baptist in the Gospel of Matthew and Mark, he is kind of an odd character. The Gospel writers go out of their way to describe his unusual clothing in one of the rare occasions that they ever even mention someone's garments. And in Matthew, it says, Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and the leather girdle around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. Besides showing John's poverty, what does its clothing signify? For a Jewish audience, this detail linked John the Baptist to a very significant prophet in the Old Testament. The prophet Elijah wore similar clothing that set him apart from everyone else. Even Jesus made the connection, further solidifying the role of John the Baptist as a prophet who would prepare the way for the Messiah. In the book of Matthew, it says, Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. And if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. Additionally, Jesus contrasts the mission of John the Baptist with these soft garments of a royalty. So last of all, the coarse garment of John the Baptist symbolizes his mission to preach repentance. Sackcloth is a similar garment referred to in the Old Testament and frequently was worn when in mourning or in a public show of repentance for sin. 
Now, while his clothing choices may seem odd to us modern readers, they made perfect sense to the first century Jewish follower who instantly understands the significance of his garment. So wild honey and locusts, I've certainly had wild honey before, I have not had locusts, but can't you get like fried crickets? At the Mariners game. Yeah, at games. the Mariners game. I don't know if they're still doing it, but there was a time. Yeah. yeah they were like spicy little uh, peanut bites yeah. or something. They the- came with a dipping sauce. I had a friend who <laughs> yes. would post a picture every year. I don't think, I don't know if it's still available or not. Yeah, I just was thinking about that. But yeah, so anyway. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. I prefer nachos. <laughs> yes, I think so. Cracker too. Jacks. Yes, not fried crickets. On your community calendar coming up September 8th and 9th, there's a rummage sale in Cottage Grove at Our Lady of Perpetual Help Catholic Church. Our Lady of Perpetual Help invites all to its second annual rummage sale the weekend after Labor Day. Great selection of items will be available, including furniture, houseware, small appliances, clothing, and holiday items, dishes, and so, so much more. Holiday items, that's right up your alley this time of year, it isn't is. it? It yeah. is. I'm already starting to get fall decorating ideas for my front porch uh, on my uh, media reels. There you go. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar. You're going to find it under the Get Involved menu at materdayradio.com. You'll also access the community calendar with an integrated map system on the Hail Mary media app. Do you remember the movie, If It's Tuesday, It Must Be Belgium? Absolutely not. Really? I've never even heard that title before. Okay, okay well, look it up. I, I believe it was Jack Lemon in that movie. But I say that because if it's Tuesday, it must be Tech Tuesday, right? So Kara, Kara, Sarah Kenzie, that would be Sarah Kenzie. Or well, Kara Senzi. Or, or Kara Senzi, either one. <laughs> She's going to join us anyway right after the forecast. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Christopher Minutes, thoughts on making every day count. I'm Tony Rossi. Two of Jesus' followers were traveling to Emmaus when the risen Lord approached them and joined them in their journey. Unrecognized, he discussed the events of the last few days with them. When they reached the village, the two invited Jesus to stay with them, which he did. St. Luke explained how Jesus broke bread and gave it to them and how they suddenly recognized who their companion actually was. Like the two disciples, we all tend to look for the Lord to act in grand and dramatic ways. Yet the events of everyday life are filled with his presence if we only have the eyes to see. A meal, a job to be done, a chance meeting on the street, all can be occasions for encountering God in our neighbor. This message was brought to you by the Christophers. Thanks for listening and remember that it's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. 
Romans 4.21 assures us that whatever God has promised, He is able to perform. St. Peter Catholic Church in Newburgh is fulfilling the promise with its challenging campaign to build a new church to accommodate large growth with more space for worship, sacramental life, service, faith formation, testimony, and solace. See the new church design and learn more at stpeternewburgor.org. That's stpeternewburgor.org. And join us in fulfilling the promise. Hi, everyone. This is David from Mater Dei Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Mater Dei Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. And it is 8.43 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. If it's Tuesday, this must be Belgium, 1969. Is before, it really? Before your time. Uh, well, that was the year I was born, so oh, I think well, I was busy growing I'm, and being I'm, born I'm, and stuff like that. I'm sure that is correct. Uh, your forecast today, well, could see a few showers out there, mainly more this evening. Just a high of 72 degrees, then showers likely overnight tonight, low of 61. And then, yeah, kind of showers right on through the weekend, actually, into Saturday. Anywho, and uh, highs in the 70s, so not not super warm. Currently, it is 66 degrees at Seton Catholic High School is back in session in Vancouver. How about that? And uh, 66 degrees at Jesuit High School back in session. There you go. Oh, it's the most wonderful time of the year, David. The kids are going back. Yeah. And uh, it's just great to see. P- people have been posting pictures on my media feed about just the excitement that this time of year builds. So, uh, yeah, many prayers and blessings for kids going back. I always enjoyed going back to school. I Did mean, you- I-, I like the summer. I always look forward to the summers, but particularly high school. Uh, I always enjoyed g- getting back to school and uh I, I think because of all the activities in high school that there were, and uh, friends, certainly, and seeing them, because a lot of them you didn't see during the summer if you were working or doing different things, and so it was kind of reuniting. We're, get, we're getting the group back together, so uh, that was always fun to go back to school. I enjoyed it. Oh, good, yeah. as you should. Yeah. I enjoyed I enjoyed. I had a good time in high school. I yeah. was a cheerleader in high school. Hey, were you? So that was a lot Give of fun. Give us your cheer. What was the name of the high we school? We were the Cougars, Escanito High School Cougars. Nice. What was one of your cheers, do you recall? Oh, I don't know. Oh, come on. Oh, I know. I would share, but then I would embarrass myself, and so then I'd have to apologize tomorrow uh, on the air. So many things are, are starting to build up, though. We noticed that in many ministries around the area, S- summertime is a little bit slower people take vacations they regroup and then they gear up for faith formation many types of things that are coming up and well Sarah Kenzie is highlighting some great event that's coming up. Now, Sarah's on her way in. Obviously, some things are going on. Maybe school buses are slowing things down in traffic. There you go, yeah. It's the last Tuesday of August, too, David. I wanted to point that out. Yes. Uh, The fifth Tuesday of the month. So this is a bonus Tuesday, too. Hey, how about that? Almost like a supermoon Tuesday (laughs) uh, for uh, the Tech Tuesday. So Sarah is preparing an email that is heading out this afternoon with some highlights and some great things to 
to point out. David, we have all been partnering with the Archdiocese of Portland. They've got an incredible event coming up the end of November into December. It's the Healing the Whole Person Conference. You had an opportunity to talk with Father Chuck Woods Mm -hmm. about it. Yep, because he's on the steering committee for that event. So uh, wonderful to talk with Father Chuck. And of course, in case you did not hear, registration opened yesterday. That's exactly correct. And yesterday I was able to feature the testimony of Kevin Minetti. It's been great to talk with Kevin. Of course, he's the director of the Encounter School of Ministries that's opening at Ascension uh, Catholic Church here in Portland. He's also now at... Christ the King Catholic Church as one of their assistants there in the office. So just really a wonderful person. But he shares just a really open and personal story about his encounter, both he and his wife, uh, when they attended that. You said registration is open. Mm -hmm. They expect 2,000 people to sign up for it. They also expect it to sell out. I know. So now is the time they are hoping that by getting the word out here in the Portland area that people will sign up because people across the country actually are coming to sign up for it. I went online yesterday to to see the registration open. And yes, it is, in fact, open. And it is through encount, uh, through healing the whole person mm-hmm. that that website is uh, offering those uh, registrations. Right. And so it's not a small advertising. It is big and national. Sarah Kenzie joining us in studio. You made it in. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> that traffic can be a little stressful when you get on time. God said, let the anxiety go because worrying and being anxious about it didn't get that red light to turn any <laughs> faster than it did. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. There's just some traffic out there, and you were correct. Part of it was the school bus. School buses are uh, stopping. I, I so. forgot to plan for that, so that was my bad. But good to be here with you both. Well, don't pass the school bus. I did not do yes, that. Yes, good, good for you. <laughs> Sarah, we were just talking about the Healing the yes. Whole Person Conference. This is really going to be an incredible event. Registration is open, and we're highlighting Kevin Manetti's testimony. Just, I think that people who attend and who have incredible encounters want to share right what is happening to them yes and that's why i included uh kevin's interview that uh you aired yesterday um just so people get a chance to listen to that i i appreciate how you know very open he was and and just sharing um what god has done in his life and um yeah i encourage you to check that out and of course we'll link to more information about the conference as well you know, I'd like to go to a just, I've never been to Our Lady of the Levang Church, which they moved. Right? Yeah. So it's in uh, Happy Valley now. Big. Yes. Big church. I mean, like, I, I don't know how big it is, but they're, can they hold 2,000? I think they can hold 2,000. That's why they chose yeah. that as the venue. Yes. And not to mention, too, there are satellite venues that you can sign up for to attend. Spanish language track happening, I think it said it's St. Alice in Springfield. So every opportunity for you to attend this is is ways that the Archdiocese is preparing and setting this up. Sarah Kenzie joining us today on a bonus Tuesday in August. Well, talking about what is coming to your inbox today. I love this show, and it's always a good morning when Julie Andurco joins us to tell us about the lives of the saints. You can listen to her show every single weekend, and she brings to life a saint and not only talks about the saint, but really tells us a little bit about how the saints' lives 
are relevant to us today. Tell us more about her show. Yes, uh, I agree. I, I just love this show uh, from Julie. And um, I actually saw her over the weekend. Uh, we happened to run into each other. And just her her excitement for the saints and for um, just bringing the lessons of their lives um, into you know our everyday lives and, and applying those lessons. And uh, so uh, this most uh, recent episode, um, I really enjoyed. It was St. Francis Jane de Chantel, and she um, was uh, working with uh, St. Francis de Sales. He was her spiritual director, but they became great friends, and um, she founded an order alongside with him. Um, and so uh, Julie talks about her life um, in this episode. And I really, one thing I really love is. Um, she points out that at this time in St. Francis Jane de Chantel's life, uh, she was really facing tragedy in her life. Her husband had died, uh, but she was still uh, very young with children. And and just how God was able to work in her life and how she was open to, you know, something different now and, and uh, just how she allowed God to work through her. And it's just a fascinating story. So I encourage you to check that out. Uh, you can learn so much about all the other saints, you can go back and listen to previous episodes and uh, you'll you'll learn about saints. I think sometimes you don't often hear about. Julie's very good at finding the saints that maybe we don't all know a whole lot about. And so I, I just really appreciate that about her show. And Sarah, one of the great ways that you can access all of the program that we have, of course, listen live. We've got our full programming schedule on our webpage. You can go to our webpage, listen to the podcast too. They're there. But even easier, plug it into your phone, the Hail Mary Media app, plug that into your car, and then you can listen to great programming that get you through tough mornings, maybe if you're on your morning commute. Remind our listeners a little bit about accessing the app and everything that they have available. Sure, yes. So uh, you can find all of our podcasts on the Hail Mary Media app. So that means everything that's on the air, as well as several other podcasts that uh, aren't on the air, but you can find them on our uh, Hail Mary Media app. You can find a live stream of the radio broadcast. You can find our library of prayers, uh, a lot of different resources for learning about different topics, our community calendar, uh, news, lots of great uh, resources for you. It's all free, which uh, I love. No advertisements. It's it's just nice and clean and simple. You just uh, go to your app store and download the Hail Mary Media app. Uh, while you're there, though, um, or if you already have the app, give us a five-star review. That's a great way to make this app available to more people, more eyes on it. Um, so just you know, just give us a quick review if you've been enjoying um, the app. And that's a really simple, easy way to help us spread that mission even further. Fantastic. I listen to the app every single day. So Perfect. it's just a great resource for so many people. Well, Sarah, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for, for being able to uh, put together such an, a great email and highlighting just the work that we're doing here at Mater Day Radio. Thank you. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722.
join Mater Day Radio and Holy Cross Priest Father Jim Gallagher in a prayer to Our Lady of Guadalupe. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Prayer to Our Lady of Guadalupe. Our Lady of Guadalupe, Mystical Rose, make intercession for the Holy Church. Protect the Holy Father. Help all those who invoke you in their needs. Since you are the ever-Virgin Mary and Mother of the true God, obtain for us from your most holy Son, Jesus, the grace of keeping our faith, sweet hope in the midst of the difficulties of life, burning charity, and the precious gift of final perseverance. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, Patroness of the Americas, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a nonprofit religious entity committed to providing superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. We are looking for an experienced medical assistant who is passionate about our mission of respecting the dignity of each person, mind, body, and spirit. If you or someone you know is looking to make a difference, please contact Holy Family Catholic Clinic by sending an email to nelson at holyfamilyclinic.com. Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Mater Dei Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 8.56 at Mater Day Radio. One last look at your forecast. Today, slight chance of showers. Tonight, showers likely. Tomorrow, showers <laughs> likely. Wednesday night, chance of rain. Thursday, rain likely. Okay, I would like a repeat on that weather report. <laughs> Let's try a different route. Uh, high today, 72. You know, tomorrow or Thursday, 69. You're high. David. That's fall-like weather right there for it you. It certainly is. It's currently 66 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, here's Chris Bray in the name. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Gather in your name We've come here, Lord, to pray Lead us, lead us God, we know you seek us Conform us to your way Won't you set us on fire In the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit, Lord, we come. We come to seek your grace, your presence in this place. Feed us, sustain us, bread of life be in us. 
Chris Bray and In the Name. It's 859 at Mater Day Radio. Hey, that's going to wrap it up for the Morning Blend on this Tuesday. Thank you so much for joining us today. So, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the Fall Shareathon letter being mailed out today. Be going out as we speak. Probably so. Being sorted by postal workers That's right. uh, in the county. So look for that. That's going to wrap it up for us on the morning blend. We hope you have a very blessed day.